What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, and this is the Wolf of All Streets podcast. Today's guest was the first person ever on this podcast, almost 100 episodes ago, and I'm pumped to have her back on the show. At a young age, Catherine Coley fell in love with trading and Forex and found herself fitting into one of the most niche tech sectors in the world. Her story brought her from Hong Kong to London and ultimately to San Francisco, where she combined her traditional FX background with her passion for cryptocurrencies. She's now the CEO of Binance US, a job that has her sitting squarely in the spotlight 24 7, 365. It's my intention this episode to learn more about what it's like to be the CEO of Binance US and how close crypto is to finally achieving mass adoption. Catherine Coley, thank you so much for coming on again. I am so pumped. I remember that first episode like it was yesterday. I was uh, shaking like a tree. We didn't have video. Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely, uh, it was, you, you made it very easy on me, I should say. So I should be thanking you really for that. Well, you've gotten great places since, so I'm pretty pumped to see Wolf of All Streets where it is now. Thank you very much. So once again, you're listening to the Wolf of All Streets podcast, which airs twice a week. We talk to your favorite personalities from the worlds of Bitcoin, finance, trading, art, music, sports, and politics. This podcast is powered by BlockWorks, the fastest growing media company in the digital asset space. BlockWorks has 20 Bitcoin and crypto podcasts, and I'm excited to be part of the network. Visit blockworks.co for access to the highest quality information in the space. If you like the podcast, follow me on Twitter, check out my website, join my newsletter. You can do both those things at thewolfofallstreets.io. And now that we're done with that, so Catherine, I, you know, the joke was always at the beginning when Florida, and I remember that someone was bugging you every day on Twitter saying when Connecticut, so, uh, you know, catching up, it seems that you only have about seven states left. So first, I guess, when Connecticut and uh, when, when can uh, users in every state in every state expect full operation? Yeah, exactly. We, we launched in the day that you were able to come and join on Florida. And today we launched a new state uh, in Washington state. So awesome. um, we've moved on to our 43rd state in the 43rd day of 2021. Um, and at this pace, maybe there'll be more news tomorrow, but no, I, I, uh, I think we've, we're on a good pace for getting as many states as we can in 2021. My goal is all 50. So let's do it. Well, what are, what are the holdups at this point? I mean, when you and I talked probably a year ago, obviously it was a very different environment, a di very different uh, view of crypto. I was I still say, in the office. Yeah, like that was that was true. how different it was. Yeah, we were we were fully pre-COVID at that point. I remember you yeah. actually were on your way to the office and like crashed on your scooter or something on the way there. I did, but, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, but I, um, I haven't ridden a scooter in gosh 10, 11 months. Oh, well, I guess twelve. But uh, it's, it's we were in such a different world, and so just the sheer amount of disruption that caused the rest of the world and all of the businesses around us to, to undergo kind of this new work from home environment. Um, you know, many of the bank regulations kind of took a big delay. They had to move from a very much office oriented environment, a very much, a, you know, person to person meeting situation and, and move into looking at a stack of papers from their house. Um, so I, I think we're going to see the bank regulators play catch up from a, a year of disruption and uh, get through some great businesses that need to be opening up in folks' estates. So um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty optimistic that we're all we're all getting a little used to this normal, and sure. people are making the most ways to be efficient. And uh, bank regulators, we've already seen uh, great success with some of our other states getting in. And so having 43 states in the first two months already, I think that's a great momentum headed forward for 2021. Yeah, it would seem that would just set such an obvious precedent for the ones that are remaining. I mean. Do <laughs> Well, we've seen some states uh, like pick up and feel competitive. Like they realized other states were doing it. They're like, whoa, whoa, like this is absolutely great. We had a, a fantastic presentation with about, I think it was like 65 North Carolina business owners. And they were all in their heads, just like thinking about how much business this was going to be bringing to North Carolina, how much like prosperity that was going to be happening in their state. And they're not alone. Every other state is kind of taking those calculations in and being like, whoa it's making sense. Same thing we see with companies looking at Bitcoin now and going like, ah, oh, it makes sense now. Um, and I'm pretty excited for this. It's a wave of a lot of connecting the dots that maybe 2020 was a time for us all to kind of quiet ourselves, get a little bit more, you know, inward and realize things. And the, the connecting the dots is making a lot more sense for a lot of more people. Right. And, you know, I, I remember thinking in March and April last year that we were kind of all super screwed. Right. I mean, Bitcoin, Bitcoin crashed. We didn't like nobody was going to the office. We didn't think anything was going to happen. But in retrospect, maybe it was sort of the best thing that happened for our industry. 
I, I think it accelerated a digital future, which a lot of us were going to deny. I mean, no one really brings this up, but QR codes or the person of the year in 2020. My grandmother knows how to read a menu off her phone now. That never happened, nor was it in the plans for it to happen for her. And we've really been able to teach each other these digital skills and light bulbs are going off and saying, okay, I get it. 24 seven makes sense. We don't have to be in time. Like what is work when work is 24 hours as well? We might as well have money that works for us the same time we're working. Yeah. And then on the flip side of it, I mean, you talked about obviously companies investing in Bitcoin in their treasuries and seeing it as a cash reserve asset. I think you could argue that. that, Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, if you're stocking, you go up a few hundred percent. These balance sheets are, are doubling more than they've ever seen. I mean, you saw Tesla do more in their Bitcoin balance sheet than they did in the quarter of, you know, the product that they sell. It's really, I mean, why even run a business anymore, right? Just buy some Bitcoin. (laughs) I I would say that, except for I do run that business that just helps people get Bitcoin. So of course, I'm as close as I can. My treasury is in crypto. Like it is, it is crypto. (laughs) Right. But do you think that we would have ever seen Bitcoin truly viewed by those companies and by people, you know, really institutional uh, investors as a hedge asset, because that was something that we crazy people were saying in 2018 and they laughed at us. Would that have happened? I, I, I can't say we're crazy. So right. I think it would have happened eventually. Um, mm-hmm. We just were helped out, you know, the acceleration of this apocalyptic vision that made Bitcoin an absolute resource we all need to have access to just accelerated. And um, it, it certainly helps a lot with the narrative. And I think even more so we're seeing new events come through that are bringing in other narratives. You're seeing the Wall Street bets uh, rally and GameStop, uh, GameStop bring in another narrative that people are like, oh, not not only is the scarcity something I need to be focusing on, it's the self-sovereignty that I need to be, fo- the decentralization that I need to be focusing on. And and it, it might be the scenario where we've seen black swans really kind of increase in their amount of time that are bringing these events forward. The the narratives are, are that work for Bitcoin are now being played out in real time. And I'm a kinetic learner, so I only learn by doing things. And this is giving me like the easiest classroom ever to be like, in this situation, this is why Bitcoin works. In this situation, this is why you know decentralization is important. And I think that's super helpful for folks to learn in real time. I think it's so funny that you uh, Freudian slipped to GameStop because I've done that every <laughs> single time someone has asked me about GameStop and every person I've had on has called it GameStop. Uh, across the board, it, it's, it's they've, they've uh, got to figure. They've got to have a T-shirt then with that and be like, game we know stonk, you say it you like know. this, yeah. Or I'm thinking South Carolina should have the Gamescock with a GameStop on there, but that we'll that see. would be really smart. So, uh, so I'm curious, mentioning GameStop and obviously what we saw with Wall Street Bets and Robinhood, which you just which you just brought up. Um, we've seen reports of crazy, crazy user growth by exchanges in the United States as a result of a presumably a mass migration from Robinhood. Um, let is, that me what tell you. is that what you guys are experiencing? Yeah, <laughs> let, talk, talk to me about me, it. Let me tell you how, how we've grown. Um, I mean, it's it's really incredible. You were one of the first people that we spoke with when we were kind of butting up and around. Would you ever believe that we've handled over $27 billion of digital asset trading since our inception? Um, we've, in the first 33 days of this year, we've done more than the trading we did in 2020. Really? So, yeah. We're, uh, we've already cleared $15 billion of trading volume in 2021 alone. Um, and the number of users from December till now is up 160%. So if wow. people are worried about why I look like I might not have showered, the answer is I might not have. Like I'm trying to onboard users hand over fist right now. And we're modifying in real time how we can let in not just tens of thousands of people, not hundreds of thousands of people. And it's amazing the influx and demand and a lot of it's coming from a products we provide it's really great that we have over 50 digital assets for people it's also great that our trading fees are 14 times lower than other folks yeah but we also had dogecoin like that was an unprecedented uh dynamic in the market that made us really leap ahead and we've absolutely loved it because people come to us and want to trade doge and it's a safe place for them to come we've got great on ramps and dollars for folks to change into digital assets and you're kind of sitting there going, this all makes a lot of sense. I hope I don't, 
I hope I'm not the reason why the rally doesn't continue. Like, I hope I can grow enough to make this industry where it needs to be. Well, I was going to ask if it was largely just because people were fed up with Robinhood or if there was a specific asset that brought them over or if it was a perfect sort of timing of those things happening and people hearing about crypto or is it literally like doge to the moon no uh, it's a perfect much, storm much <laughs> yeah it's a perfect storm i mean i was i was told i was crazy for coming into the us market when i did uh being like the last man in and super super saturated market it's you know there's so many exchanges no one needs no one needs another one blah 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 i'm like i know a lot of people that need another one because they're signed up on my platform right now (laughs) like yeah and also like you're it's a very different offering to to compare you to most of the exchanges here that have minimal trading pairs and are doing something different uh, yeah we've got technical analysis on our on our app like it's uh our mobile apps are built for the folks that want to get in easy and buy crypto in 20 seconds for 10 cents each time they buy with $20. And we also have the guy that's doing like RSI analysis and, and, and technical trading, which, you know, typically isn't a guy on their phone, but in COVID everyone's on their couch. And so it's like, you know, we've been able to adapt to a new way that we think users are going to be wanting to trade, be involved in digital assets. And a lot of that comes from us just listening to our users. I talk to them all day. My DMs are open. I've had great conversations with some of the coolest people in crypto. Some of the people I never expect, uh, Gene Simmons. Um, You know, there's- Awesome. (laughs) Gene Simmons posting Doge memes. I mean, what world are we in? I think we're in the world that says people need this. Like it's a time for us to recognize the power of the internet and- while you and I quipped about the power of the internet bringing us music in the early days, now the musicians are meeting crypto through the internet. It's a, a kind of an ironic circle back to just the idea that we're increasing the freedom for people to do things they've always wanted to do. And the barriers for entry are drastically changing. And that to me is super important and it will continue because there's still barriers to entry. And sure. I hear it I hear it every day because people are like, I was trying to get on your platform and I couldn't get on. And I was like, oh, well, human error is one of the problems. You know, you put in the wrong street address, you're not going to be able to match your, right, match your address. Uh, you know, you've got a driver's license that doesn't match your home state. These are, these are problems that we're having to face and figure out. And uh, a lot of it is really happening because of what we've experienced in the last year. It wasn't a blip. It's a new, it's a new life that we're adapting to, and I'm excited for it. It's amazing. So it seems like it's the classic sort of slowly, then all at once. Slowly, then all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I, where I, I, the, I yeah. think that's actually pretty accurate. And I don't think we're at the all at once stage either. <laughs> that's that was like, my next question. So we obviously, it's very clear that we've reached a tipping point of some sort, right? So I think everyone has PTSD about that tipping point in 2017. Right, yeah, maybe felt, we're taking profits where, a little right, earlier, you know, it's, right, where, you, where you uh, felt like it was smarter. happening, right. You felt like it was happening, but then the rug was pulled. I mean, I've made the argument constantly and I think anyone rational does it. It doesn't look the same. Right. But, um, you just said maybe that this isn't all at once yet. So what, what is all at once when, what are the signs <laughs> that we, we are hitting all at once? Cause this is crazy. I, it's crazy, but you're still hearing skepticism and from, from strangers. And I think that's an important factor where you walk down the street and there's a dollar on the, on the ground, someone's going to pick it up. Someone thinks it has value. Someone thinks it's important. Very few people are going to walk over and be like, don't, I don't understand that. I'm not picking that thing up. And, and that's where we still are with, with Bitcoin. I was, I was walking down the street and had a conversation with, with someone that I just met and they asked me what I did. I explained what I do. And they go, I don't know about that binding, uh, that, that, uh, that Bitcoin energy spin though. Like, I just don't know about it. And I was like, that is a very advanced question that someone on the street is strangely asking. And like, I'm happy to talk about it. And Nick Carter has been doing a great work on, on discussing the, you know, the energy and uh, aspects of, of Bitcoin. But that is a, a, I call it like an adult question that someone's right. had. Whereas before it was just like, that's pirate money. And yeah. And so we, we're crack? seeing, what? yeah, we're seeing this <laughs> evolution of the questions being asked are getting smarter. They're being more intuitive of like, how is this going to affect me? How am I going to plug this into my life? What can I do if I had the skills to be able to navigate digital assets? And that I think is the, the like education, adult adolescent zone that we're going to be getting into, but by no means are we in a f- fully mature market that's going to be 
as yeah. saturated as, as I expect it to be. So you're literally having these conversations every day. Um, and, and, and as you said, you just sort of touched on seeing this evolution of the kind of questions that you're, you're getting from, from people. Do you think that you're getting these questions and this interest just because people are hearing about it and it's interesting and new, or I would like to think, but I don't know that there's some grand awakening about the actual macro problems that make this important. I think people got the first, if they didn't have disposable income before 2020, they got their first dose of disposable income with the stimulus check. And they realized the power that having money and making those decisions with it can provide that then gave them an interest into, well, how did that person turn their, their stimulus check into $5,000? Right. Oh, I had, I had to invest it or I had to save it or I didn't spend it. I, you know, people are getting a more conscious awakening of what money can mean in their lives because money is being printed out of every orifice of this nation. And that to me is something that I didn't grow up with in, in the nineties, really no. seeing that everywhere. I didn't feel like, oh, that's how, that's how governments work. You just simply, you know, you devalue the currency and you print it, print it into oblivion. But we've had QE for the past 10, 12, 15 years sure. um, of just that being the, the norm. And so this kind of meme, meme-age of money being so accessible now, it's sprayed out of cannons. It's you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it rains from the ceiling. Like it is, it is something that I think people are getting more comfortable with the idea of money. They're making smarter choices with it and realizing that they can learn those choices. They're not ones that they're born with. Um, and that to me is something we've seen unlock a lot of people's expectations on their lives. Uh, the freedom that people kind of have this awakening to and saying, I might not be in control of where I grew up or what I have the skills at, but I can learn those and they're right. not that hard and they're not that difficult. And if I make a mistake and I do it in a small size, I've learned a lesson and I become smarter at it. And, and it's, it's really neat to see that process take place. It's happening among friends of mine that have been allergic to money for years. It's <laughs> happening. It's happening to younger generations of folks that typically were shipped off to universities and then thought about their jobs and their careers, maybe their junior year, maybe well after they're sure. starting, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at it early. They're like, I'm 18 years old. I'm on Reddit. I love it. I want to study this. I've seen this. I've been following wall street bets. I love liquidity. Like there, there's a more, I guess the access ramp into understanding money and understanding how to acquire it, how to grow it, how to manage it is becoming accessible. And that's, that's a big goal. Right. It's interesting when the stimulus started, what you kind of saw wasn't really interesting crypto, but the Davy Day trader, everybody jumping onto Robinhood and buying stocks, right? Like Hertz going 5X and all these crazy things <laughs> that we saw. So do you think that it was really the complete insanity around GameStop. I did it. I didn't say GameStop. GameStop. Um, do you think there was the insanity around that that was sort of the straw that's breaking the camel's back for people seeing how just insane and wrong the stock market is? So 55% of America owns stocks. 11% of America owns Bitcoin. Right. Someone's going to learn about one and the other's going to learn about the other. And one of them feels a little bit less corrupt than, than the other. And, and it, 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 it seems to be resonating quite well with people that are offended by what happened with Robinhood. And I think that that is a really cool aspect because in the early days of Bitcoin, the people that were holding Bitcoin had no idea what a bid ask was, like had no idea what trading TA was. And it became this kind of elite knowledge of the equities world, of the fixed income world, of the you know Wall Street world that was keeping this language to themselves and this kind of uh, witchcraft of understanding to themselves that now has bled into a very prosperous uh, community that is capturing those concepts and, and kind of blurring those lines. And to me, that's one of the most exciting parts. The second part is that if you realize like 87% of um, or 85% of American homes have internet connections. Hmm. And you're like, oh, 
well, it's in everyone's, it's in everyone's backyard. That's amazing. Like that is very different than living near a bank. That is very different than growing up with someone that was a stockbroker as a dad. That's very different yeah. than having um, ambitions to be Andrew Carnegie when you're 12 years old. Like there's, there's a difference in the access. And I think that's where we really are, are thriving. And it, it's, it, I, I ask this of everyone in the industry, be as approachable as possible. Because the only thing that we're able to do is educate people, not intimidate them in this process, get them to understand the facts, get them to understand where to find the facts, where to make these analytical decisions themselves. And it's power is theirs. Yeah, the flip side of that, obviously, is TikTok traders, right? I mean, we, we know that uh, with the influx in interest is going to be a lot of pain for retail who thinks that they are God tier traders five minutes after making their first uh, purchase, right? Yeah, in 2017, we, we learned what happens when a trading population has only seen one side of the market. <laughs> no, one, no one knew what a, what a sell candle or like what a red candle looked like. Right. And um, now that we've seen it, now that we know it, there's a little bit different trading philosophy going through some things. There's, we're always going to make human errors. We're always going to balance and, and have to suppress our egos that are like, I'm a golden god of trading and check yourself. I mean, discipline is one of the biggest things that you can do to be a good trader. And the moment you sacrifice that, you just go straight into you know the claws of the market. Uh, but I think the interesting thing with TikTok, and I've been following TikTok since we started. I actually, when I opened up the platform, I did a TikTok. It was my first TikTok and it was me. Yeah, and You mentioned TikTok to me well over a year ago. Yeah, it was me in the yeah. office at 5 a.m. jamming out to Lizzo uh, when we launched it because I, it was just such a euphoric moment that we went live and here I was just like um, seeing it happen. But I've been following it because I think following how communication works is a kind of the, the, the front runner of where you're going to move money. And you're going to have those conversations first before you exchange value. And so where we can map and see how communication changes, we can follow the money that way. Uh, email got ahead of crypto. Right. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to see Instagram and then followed by ads and influence and money makers from that. Uh, so TikTok fascinates me because there's something that hedge funds and big macro traders don't have, and that's a TikTok analyst. They don't have data on community-based capital raising. Like they don't have algorithms that predict sentiment of memeage, and you can't run a meme through a, you know, satellite that takes images of Walmart parking lots to figure out if sales were down. Right. So, so these are, these are asymmetries of information that are like handicapping some of the best traders in the world right now, because they don't have the intuition or the understanding or the filter necessary to digest what's happening in this new world so of true. communication. So, so I, if true. any hedge funds are looking for a, a TikTok analyst, I'm more than happy to lend my services. I'm fluent, <laughs> I'm fluent in TikTok and it's something 10, that I- 10,000 an hour. Yeah, I, consulting I, I, I am happy to consult people <laughs> in understanding how younger generations communicate and fads and trends because I'm fascinated by it. It's interesting and though, because they never thought that the young people would care, so they never paid attention to them. I think in that, my that's, mind, but that's like but a, crypto's I think, been ahead I think of that. I read that. I think I read that on a, a hieroglyphic on a wall in cave. Probably like, the younger people yeah. don't know. <laughs> they don't care about stocks, stonks. Um, yeah. But crypto has been ahead of that forever. I mean, there's been great platforms that analyze sentiment in this space. And when you have a community like crypto Twitter, where you can very, I mean, you can, intrinsically just go on there and understand what people are thinking, right? And, and counter trade right. it in theory. But uh, it's really interesting for you to say, because I never thought of it that way, that Wall Street really just, they're so uh, old and crusty that they really don't have their finger on that pulse at all. And now that no, they, moves markets, the only but it moves pulse, markets. The only pulse they had was data from Robinhood traders. 
Right. And that was oh, their way. They did have of the order under, flow. <laughs> they, that was their way of trying to digest what retail sentiment was up to. And so if you're only using that as the order flow, if you're only using order flow, you're going to miss on the nuance. You're going to miss on the rally cry that was occurring off platform. Like you're, you're, you're really going to be perplexed by the next 50 years of how influence and markets and communication are very different than how they used to be. It's official. The digital art market is going mainstream. It's been exploding this past year with over 10 million in sales in December alone, and it's just getting started. There's no better time than now to diversify your holdings with art investments, which have long been seen as an asset class that's consistently outperformed the S&P 500. Maker's Place is the go-to premium marketplace for purchasing rare digital artworks from the world's top creators, like comic art legend Jose Delbo, Trevor Jones, digital wizard Pac, artists collected by MoMA, Guggenheim, and many others. They have new artwork drops twice a week where collectors have the opportunity to add a coveted piece of rare digital art to their portfolio. Artworks from these drops have a history of selling out within seconds of release and have been reselling several months later for upwards of 10x. Collectors can subscribe for exclusive drop notifications on makersplace.com slash the wolf. You don't want to miss out on this action. Trust me. DeFi is where all the excitement is, but participating in it can be a nightmare. Not anymore with Matcha. Matcha makes it ridiculously easy to create a wallet, onboard new users, execute trades, and source liquidity. The best part is that it's cheaper than Uniswap and delivers the best prices on the market by aggregating all the available liquidity and routing to the best source. My favorite part of Matcha is that it offers high-level trading features like limit orders, liquidity depth visualization, gas efficiency, and more. Sign up for Matcha now at matcha.xyz slash wolf. That's M-A-T-C-H-A dot X-Y-Z slash W-O-L-F and join the tens of thousands of traders who are already a part of the movement. Our friends at BitCasino are giving you all the reasons to fall in love this Valentine's Day with awesome incentives and rewards ready and waiting to be unlocked with the big red hard promo. From February 12th to 21st, wager a 15 milli Bitcoin minimum on any of your favorite games and get up to three times mystery prizes sent to your account each and every day. Use the promo link bitcasino.io slash Scott, that's S-C-O-T-T, to claim your reward. You'll need to register or log into your BitCasino account. From there, click on your big red heart and break it wide open to reveal your share of free spins, free chips, and more. Don't forget to hit the opt-in button on the promo page before starting to wager. Feel the love this Valentine's Day with BitCasino, the world's leading online Bitcoin casino and the home of fun, fast, and fair crypto gaming. When you saw the like Wall Street bets and the Reddit thing and all these people sort of raging against the machine, the only thing you could think is, well, where do they find crypto? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're like, why, oh. why even why even do it? Why even do it in the stock market, right? I mean, we have our whole other uh, universe over here yeah, where we've been talking and, about that and for like, oh man, like I I come from the institutional world and completely understand the darker sides of finance, and I'm like, I did not come here to build another Wall Street. I came here to change it, and it right. is absolutely that. Um, crypto definitely provides that those platforms for the unthinkable to happen in a much faster time. I, I think about like the half-life of the work that we do or, or kind of that cycle of events is in microseconds or like not even real seconds. We call them Binance minutes. And it's just because <laughs> we somehow think that they're they're much faster than 60 seconds. They are. Um, and, and I think that's, there's, there's a lot of changes that come from that benefit from a market perspective, from an entry perspective. But also you look at, the other societal changes that we can open up and welcome in this. And I, I really encourage folks in this market as well as those coming into it to ask themselves, like we've seen society change so much in the last year by force of a pandemic. Uh, that's pretty strong in terms of something that's gonna you know, edge the way the stones are, are carved, but what else can be out there? And I, I think it was really pretty interesting this week was uh, Whitney Wolfhard becoming the youngest female CEO and and billionaire with the uh, IPO of Bumble, and right. it, you know it doesn't get much bigger than hashtag goals of that. But the the biggest part about it was that she gave women this freedom to make the first move, and that's something I fully support and stand behind. Is Binance US lets women lets anyone make their first move towards financial self sufficiency. 
and and crypto in general is giving people those tools. So I, I really love this chance for there to be more opportunities for people in an industry that lets them either carve out their career and, and or carve out their you know wealth generation. And, and that to me is something that I think is amazing, but I'm still perplexed that somewhat of the stereotype of, of women in crypto really has been quite still stuck and, and kind of parked in these stereotypes like bimbo booth babe or oh, you know, the, thirst, the thirst trap. trap. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it, it's, it's sad and it's incredible because there are mountains being moved by women in this industry. Like we've built a team and a platform that's traded, I said, $15 billion just this year alone. And the, the, yeah, the, the, the person that, that brings the, the platform back alive when it, you know, when the banks shut down over Super Bowl Sunday, it, it's Rena Shaw. She, she's, she's my petroleum engineer turned crypto savant that is my right hand and head of operations at Binance US. So yes, it's run by one woman, but it's actually run by a lot more. <laughs> like, shocker, yeah. there's more of us. And I think it's, it'd, it'd be a huge kind of disservice or, or a loss for the history books to just forget about these pivotal transformations made in American access to crypto uh, without the help of Caitlin Long, Hester Pierce, Elizabeth Stark, Gosh. Abigail Johnson, uh, Rachel Siegel, Wendy O, uh, Melton. Like these are amazing factors that crypto has given us this key to unlock. And it took Jane Frazier 200 years to become the CEO of a bank. <laughs> like, I mean, it's very strange that we even talk about women in crypto because it's there's nothing that would make it inherently different for either sex, right? I mean, we're just people in crypto. It's just people in crypto. <laughs> However, there's still this perception that like, oh, we shouldn't even talk about women. We're, we're not addressing how badass women in crypto actually are and what they're actually achieving. Like, right. I, I, you can call us humans. We're doing shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm curious actually to that end. I mean, you have the data. What percentage yeah. of the people who are signing up for Binance US are men and what percentage are women? Well, I don't sell my users' data, right, so I'm not right. going to tell you that. But, okay, cool. <laughs> but I, I, I would imagine but, we're still seeing a heavier weighting towards it being men, right? Yeah, but I'm actively hiring aggressively oh, I, yeah. the best out there in the industry. And guess what? Our team is like 65% diverse in yeah. a way that is just making us stronger because of it. And it, it's really, um, I, I get jazzed up about crypto because it unlocks so many doors that people have been shut from. And that's where you're seeing this bleed over from Wall Street bets realize, or not even realize that they were being shut from or taken advantage of. Um, my mom told me never to take free candy from a stranger. So I always get really worried when there's free, free stocks or, or free trading fees, because you know, it's baked into that spread, but to the average person, they might think it's free. They might think it's great. Like I, I'm getting the deal. And, and in this world, you know it, right? In this world, played. it means you're the you're the yeah. product. You're, you know, you're you're the click, you're, just like yeah. Facebook. You are you're getting played in that, and so you know it, it's tough because, gosh, I wish I could give zero free fees for everyone, but then you know that you've got to you know you've got to take your meal ticket from someone else, and so we offer the lowest fees possible to keep growing, but they're not zero. And um, so I, whenever I hear people say like, lower your fees even more, I'm like, no, you don't want me to sacrifice yeah. your data. You don't want me to sacrifice the privacy that I let you keep and protect. Um, and that to me is so much more important about the purpose of crypto, about the fact that we can avoid falling suit to these old ways of you know, paying, paying back the, the hand that feeds you most. Um, and uh, I, I'm excited that, I'm excited that we've gotten this far and, and my theory on accepting authentic folks to make a market more approachable is resonating well with people. That really sexism, and I mean, that sexism is in Wall Street and fintech as well. I mean, it's right, it's far from unique. I did not come here to come 2.0 and I came here to bust right. it out and say no. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. So you I, think I've, crypto I've, would be I've the place where- I've been dealt with it and it never, you know, it never impacted my P&L. And that's right. to me, the beauty of numbers is your PL is, you know, doesn't matter who you are. Can't market argue with you, math. Market <laughs> owes you nothing. Market owes you nothing, doesn't know your name, doesn't know your, you know, your horoscope. It is, it is a beautiful and very meritocratic place when it is treated so. And for me, it's really important that the infrastructure that's being built in crypto does not take advantage of, of people and build something that looks very similar to what we've, we've been trying to avoid. Sure.
So I, I'm curious, since we have this massive influx of people into the space who are interested, are you seeing most of them coming in attempting to be traders or are you seeing at least a huge percentage, I hope, I hope, coming in and just saying, I want to invest, I'm going to dollar cost average, I'm going to do it the boring and right way? Oh my God, everyone's listening to you, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> We, we've, had an, we've had an amazing growth of, uh, we, we offer a dollar cost averaging product, right, uh, which I was adamant about because I'm running a platform. I don't have time to buy on the dips. Like I, I, I need to just be exposed to this industry at large because I know it's going to be massive and I need it to be doing it on an automatic basis. I got things to do. Um, and so that's really where that convenience of having something that automatically bought for you every day, every week, every month was a feature that I think was going to be necessary because the biggest problem we've always faced is make crypto work for you. And then you realize you're like, oh my God, if that's the case, I'm up 24 seven, I don't sleep. I'm watching yeah. the markets all day long. Like, no, we've got to make this thing sustainable. We've got to make it work for us. So we've had a huge influx in uh, our dollar cost averaging product. People absolutely love it. The fees are 10 cents for every $20 that you buy, which is awesome. ridiculously great. Um, and that to me is a sign that people are understanding how not to get overhyped, how not to get overworried um, about the fluctuations in the market and the volatility. And so continuing to teach people about, you know, committing to your thesis, understanding why it is that you're committed to this, to this. Why, why is it that you find crypto fascinating enough you want to spend your time? And sure, your thesis might change. It might be very different. It might be specific to a, a token in a certain amount of time, but you need to be in charge of that thesis yourself. You don't need to let other people tell you. You don't need to try to chase things. Like that, that to me is one of the most critical parts of, of getting people to think that. And we've seen a lot, a lot of hodlers. We, we get a lot of questions of people saying, can you just like turn off my withdrawals? I like, I, I don't want to take money out of this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I think you can just, you don't have to just withdraw. Just don't do like, it. It's, you, know, you don't, don't have do to. It. Like yeah. you don't have to, but first you have to sell. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's pretty, pretty easy for that. But I mean, my, my thesis really still stands and, I know how many users we've got on the platform, but you know, there's 280 million people with smartphones in the United States. So crazy. I, I don't, I don't care who you are right now. We don't have 280 million users right now in the U S right. in crypto. Yeah. So let's go. Like, right. Let's so keep going. And still... we've seen, we've seen an amazing surge in the last, I mean, since January onward, we, we had what five of the top 10 apps were crypto related. So Finance US was in the top 10 apps. We were ahead of Google for God's sakes for you know a short period of time, but in the top 20 apps ahead of Amazon and Google. And I I, I took a screenshot of it and I said, God. I think I'm doing something. Like I think our team has building something people need and want. And that's really a cool feeling that people are recognizing that they can't sleep through this. They can't let technology take 50 years and then they get involved in it. Um, like, why would you, why would you fall asleep and let right. something be defined without your input? And we're not just seeing this crazy retail interest. I mean, every single day now, there's some piece of news that would have literally blown my mind six months ago in and of itself. And now it's just another day in crypto, MasterCard, PayPal, city of Miami. I mean, every- oh, May Mayor Suarez is killing it. Every single day. So- we're not only seeing it obviously on the retail side, like 2017, but I think we're starting to see real adoption or moves towards it. We absolutely are. We saw the institutional validation of the summer of 2020 will like live in infamy. And, and I, my dad and I talk about this all the time when I was first tiptoeing in and he was like, well, whatever you do, will it prevent you from getting a job at JP Morgan again? <laughs> and now like, I, I, I probably could apply to JP Morgan and get a job tomorrow. Like it, I mean, I, I, I probably couldn't. Um, I would like JP to Morgan's really could. hard institution to get involved in. So it still has really high caliber of the people that are involved in the institution, but it is, it is not something that Paul Tudor Jones will, will shame me for anymore. It is not something that Stan Druckelmiller will look and say, she was crazy. Why'd she do that? He'd be like, yeah, she's a little early, but like, that's fine. Um, I had to do my homework. I had to get ready for it. <laughs> Competency is confidence for me. So I, I, had to, I, had to, I had to get some time, but I've only been in the industry for what, four years? I was going to say, talk about Binance minutes. You're too early if it's been like two yeah, or four I years. Yeah, I started in 2019 and I'm too early. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it, I mean, that, that, that's such a testament to how fast 
this is moving. But then again, in my opinion, how early we still are. I, I think we I think we are because a huge portion of people don't know the the value that comes from macro traders thinking through something like this. Most of the world doesn't understand that macro traders basically control enormous amounts of the money that circulates the world. Sure. And the countries, whole countries have gone down at the, at the power of them. Um, and that to me was something that I just witnessed and, and loved to see when I was on the FX trading desk. And you'd see Samsung come in for a, a price. You'd see Google come in for a price. You'd see these huge rebalances of corporate flows. And those were the underlying reasons why Soros was, you know, taken, taken, taken advantage of, of certain price fluctuations. And so the fact that we've changed the makeup of this crypto market from a couple of bros and a couple of traders and a couple of, you know, wannabes to now having just that diverse type of trader, it's making the market so much healthier. And it's going to be giving us an insane amount of liquidity, which is necessary for folks like Elon Musk to pump through $1.5 billion in Bitcoin. Um, and, and that to me is a really great sign of the maturation that's going to be happening. Like you don't want it to look just like you, you want it to have a corporate balance that requires monthly rebalances and, and a corporate treasury flow. That's going to be consistent. You want to have a, a, you know, macro sharks, you want to have derivatives, you want to have, uh, options traders coming in and really having unique flows that are going to be balancing this market and reducing that volatility, but also making it work for everyone. I mean, you just talked about Elon Musk being able to buy $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, which is a feat in and of itself. Um, you know, Michael I Saylor, he, I wish he'd come to us. He would have yeah, seriously, come four, on, man. Four, 14 times on those trading fees. I, I just feel bad for him. Yeah, he blew it. Um, you know, Michael Saylor obviously started this, but we saw that Michael Saylor had to basically, you know, hire a team to make 16,000 microtransactions over the course of a weekend. And so as exciting as that is, you know, it gives you a little pause, like how does someone who wants to buy $500 billion or $200 billion or $50 billion, we're not at those numbers yet, obviously, but, you know, we saw talk about an Apple coming in or something like that. And obviously for it to be a significant percentage of their treasury would have to be much larger numbers. So oh, yeah. how do we get to a point where those orders can be filled and those kind of companies can really start looking at this seriously? It's happening. Like it's the adjustments are being made within the system to make sure that we can accommodate that size going forward. And you're seeing the likes, I mean, you saw all the early likes of Tagomi and Talos kind of coming into this sure. market, being able to provide trade execution. That's the, that's the other thing a lot of people don't understand is no one is going to sit there and be like, no, I'll just put a limit order here. Click, boom, 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 I'm filled. Uh, no, you've got like trade cost analysis that has to go through, that has to be vetted by, uh, you know, the entire compliance team and management department of, of real money and pensions before trades are executed. You've got to prove that you've got the best execution. That's impossible right now in crypto. We don't have trade cost analysis. We don't have predictive price patterns yet for people to then say, okay, my fill should be around, you know, 48 and a half or, or something. Like we have these big broad ranges that allow us to try to get in the market, but not at the caliber or the, the accuracy of detail that these larger trading institutions are expecting. And so there's some minor adjustments that are being made. And then there's some bigger major plays that are, are in the works that take time to be building, but we're kind of changing those calibrations to being like, instead of 1 billion, 5 billion, like instead right. of this, you know, that. And it even starts, I think when we started, we looked at, we looked at everyone's kind of VIP trading tiers. And it was amazing that some folks hadn't really changed theirs from 2017. And it was like at $10,000, you're a VIP. And you're like, man, nowadays it's like 500 million as a VIP. Actually, or we, we start VIPs yeah. pretty early so you can go up the scale, but um we did the same, our, our kind of, our easy way to buy crypto, it started with a max of $10,000. We already upped it to $20,000 because people are trying to buy more and that's only half a Bitcoin. Like someone might want to come in and want to buy one Bitcoin. You kind of look at it and say, do I have to do this? I have to click the button twice to buy a Bitcoin? That's, that's not going to work for me. So right. those changes are being made. I think that's something that 
I'm very well aware of the magnitude and size of what the real market I'd say exists. I hate calling it the real market because it's just, everything's, everything's a market. Right. Um, but I really am preparing our team for the institutional build out. We've done a fantastic job. We've got a team, John Hemish um, came over from crypto.com and Kraken and Pryor was a futures trader. I hope you get him on your show. He's yeah, a great sure. guy. Well, I, I know he's your head he, trader. He, so. He's, he's, he's whip smart and just gets it. And um, I think that's something that our clients like to have on the other side. They want to have 24 seven coverage of, of their guy. They're, they're, you know, Rena's on the, Rena's on the other side of it and handles everything that they need from, uh, you know, you know, I got an ETH withdrawal. That's kind of going to be big. I need a heads up to what are you guys seeing? What's kind of happening? I need to be more familiar with this market because I'm sitting here in an execution trade desk and, you're not giving me enough market color. I'm not gathering enough information of how this market's evolving. So we're, we're definitely building out to welcome the institutions while giving that same quality of service to our retail. Um, Cause I don't think it should be that sloped or asymmetrical. And that's just because I think everyone should be treated, treated in a great way. Um, yeah. And we've, we're having to make drastic changes to our onboarding, drastic changes to our, our customer service components because the scale now is here, not here. Right. Uh, and that to me is super important that we are not the reason the industry gets bottlenecked. Do you think that uh, obviously MicroStrategy and Square, we've seen a few, but do you think that Tesla is big enough that now literally everyone has to be looking at it? Or do you think we need a few more? Um. I, 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 having been on the side of corporate treasury and cash management, um, they're really, they're really conservative. They're really yeah. slow, but they have no alternatives. <laughs> like you're going to put a sweep account of your cash to make nothing. Well, that's not going to work for companies. Like there's no longer that juicy fruit in current offerings for treasuries to be able to squeeze out three to 8% on average, just to keep their cash flow somewhat buoyant. Um, and that is what I think is really going to be a question when CEOs are looking at their treasury and they say, thanks for earning me nothing. Like what's your, what's your game plan to make sure that we're beating our competition and, you know, keeping our balances afloat. What is the, why do, why did Tesla make $180 million yesterday? Like, what were you doing? And the person's yeah. going to be like, uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, you've got to have the answers. And I don't think people are having enough answers by saying no. So I, I do hope to see it. I'm happy to help welcome the treasury management teams to understand all the nuances. They're going to have to learn, you know, self-custody. They're going to have to learn the trade execution. They're going to have to learn a little bit more of the nuance um, and up their security measures. I mean, this isn't something that you can just rely on FDIC uh insurance to cover uh, this is something that you've got to now factor into your risks that you've got inside the company sure. it puts a target on your back i think is something that other companies need to be prepared for and and mature about um like all these corporations that are announcing they're doing it it's putting themselves at a little bit of a security risk sure and so hack i'm me. guessing <laughs> yeah hack me um i'm guessing a lot of people might be doing this without saying so so yeah uh, oh, much sure. like much like institutional traders some of the best are quiet. Um, so crypto is yeah. a little bit out there. We like to announce when we're buying one thing. We like to announce when we're buying another. No one announces when they sell. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's really a, a quieter world when it goes into corporate treasury and institutional investors. Right. So you talked about them having to learn self-custody. Well, a year, a year ago, you wouldn't even have been able to find a custodian. You literally would have had to self-custody. But now, I mean, at least there are some options seemingly where they can partner and yeah, they're you know, amazing have, options have now custody in insured. Is the ETF the final boss of that where it's not custody anymore at, at all and you just invest in the ETF and then you give these institutions an instrument that they're comfortable with and familiar with and all of a sudden they feel, I don't mean the final boss for crypto, but for all of these people to be able to enter willy-nilly and just plow their treasuries in you see my face kind of uh i, I know you don't like it cringe, but it, it cringe a little uh you know you're gonna come and look and go why am i paying these fees like i right. could do this myself am i really am i is it really that hard that i have to pay two percent away for holding something plus another you know 
four five for management of it in uh, some other capacity. Uh, I, I'm getting that question asked by a lot of people that hold these kind of existing funds. They're like, wait, I don't have to keep paying these fees. I could just hold Bitcoin and have extreme price action. I was like, yeah, and you can sell it whenever you want. Like you're in control. <laughs> a lot of people are like, that has some added benefit. So I think it eases the on-ramp. Absolutely. We've seen that clearly with Grayscale of easing the yeah. on-ramp of people getting into something, but they're getting smarter and they're looking at the receipts and going, well, that'd be a lot more sats if I, <laughs> if I didn't pay that away. Yeah, especially um, if your goal is only to offset that slight percentage gain in cash, if you're giving up that percentage gain the other way, it becomes yeah. a little less attractive. And it really becomes a case of how much do you have to lose uh, or how much do you have to spend? Um, Tesla's balance sheet's enormous. So mm. they could afford to pay the fees that they had to in order to execute that trade. They could afford to go through a, you know, a ETF or, or, or another vehicle to, to pay management fees on. And that's great, but not everyone can afford it. Not every company wants to kind of piss away that on that. I mean, micro strategy at this point. I think they're all trying to get smarter and smarter and smarter and they're in the business to preserve that money. They're going to think about it. I mean, what makes micro strategy such an anomaly is, you know, at this point, it's like a quarter of their market cap is represented by their Bitcoin purchase. Yeah. You look at Square, which is like a hundred billion dollar company or Tesla, you know, $800 billion market cap. $1.5 billion is nothing for a company with $800 billion market cap. It's an experiment. Like they're testing the waters. Right. But they know that their waters are pretty good. They're going to buy more. They're going to buy more. And they know that 55% of people own stocks and only 11% own crypto. So it's a larger part of the pie that's more comfortable with that vehicle. Um, I, I just, I, I think that the light bulbs will go off and in, in due time, we'll be able to prepare and build up our infrastructure to look like something that's super easy for those folks to be able to navigate through and feel like we answer, we check all the boxes that they're looking for. And um, then the worlds will meet and we'll have, Live Bitcoin, as my mom calls it, she's like, she's "Got live Bitcoin." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a little fish in the totally fish in the tank. Like, that one's tank. live." Hmm. <laughs> uh, so they'll they'll be uh, they'll be managing that. But um, God, it's going to be so exciting to see the number of like talented people come into the space to be able to oh, tackle already. this. I, like I, I I love the treasury individual. Because I myself worry about FXPNL all day long and globalization matters to me. But well, for the first time ever, I've not like had of a global mindset. I've just been like, here's the United States and this is my, my piece of pie. But for any company that's trying to go global or, or expand their operations, they're bleeding cash every single day that the FX is moving out of their favor or they're uh, you know, repatriating their revenues and something's off in that. And so it's a real big burden for them to navigate this. And, and they write it off in all their earnings reports and say like bad year for FXPNL and didn't, 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 didn't harm, the, harm the company, but crypto could do something very different for that for them. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, it certainly would simplify things quite a bit, but um, in, in that regard, it's interesting. So we obviously seeing all these institutions viewing this as digital it's, gold. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. It's, it's also like, I, my FX muscles look really big right now. We're a rounding error to anyone that's making like an equity trade or a product that works. Like it is, it is funny when you deal with movement of money and and the balancing of it. It's it's rounding error sometimes. So yeah. I do have to kind of like zoom my mic, micro, microscope out and be like, yeah, but creating a really great electric car is pretty powerful too. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, I was gonna say we see this digital gold narrative now is fully in play, you know, like gold 2.0, save it, you know, it's for saving, it's a treasury asset. Okay. Listen to yourselves though. Does it resonate with everyone? I, that narrative doesn't work gold for people. me. <laughs> yeah. Who are gold people? Boomers. Okay. There's a lot more out there. I, I'm kind of sick of the digital gold narrative. It doesn't work for me. So it talk to me about what narrative does work for you. I, for me, it's the 24-7 access and full authority of being able to get in and out of these with my own decisions. 
that that to me seals it. I can work all day. I can trade all night. I don't have to go to a bank. I don't have to be on their time. I don't have to be on their hours. This is my life, my time, my hours, my coins. That to me works. So when do they fix, when do they fix the taxes in the United States so that we can actually use it? (laughs) That's, you know, that's probably the the longest thing we'll have to, to deal with. Yeah. Nobody likes and buying coffee and uh, having a taxable sale of an asset to do so. No. So there's a use for stable coins, but I agree. I, I think that's one of the biggest blockers to complete mass adoption and probably rightly so. Like you're going to tax something you don't understand. It's for the easiest sure. way to slow down success. Put a tariff on it. History's yeah. full of it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you see? I mean, one, did I as you, you said, off on, did I throw you off on saying digital gold doesn't work for me? No, because no, no. I, I think that that's, that's I, if great. I could re, if I could redo explaining Bitcoin to Dave Portnoy, I would, but like digital gold, just, yeah. it doesn't resonate with me and I may represent half the population, but. No, but that's interesting <laughs> because you have like the peer to peer cash and then the digital gold, those are like the two popular narratives, but it's really right. somewhere right down the middle, which is what yeah. you're describing. I love, this, I love this. I love the scarcity element of it. I love the decentralization balance of it. So I know that I'm not the only one that's cheering for it. Yeah, sure. You're like, uh, absolutely. I might be cheering for it, but it actually really works in other countries. <laughs> like really yeah, well. And it's actually really, right. It's actually a really important asset beyond just something you, I guess, store away and never look at again, right. dust it off one day. Um, so your January, like you said, was basically bigger than 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, remark- and and markedly bigger. So <laughs> what's the rest of 2021 look like, I guess, for you guys um, as a company, but then also more importantly, <laughs> yeah. And then more importantly, though, like if we're seeing just these small things, the MasterCard, all these little things happening, what does this look like in 10 months if this continues? Gosh, I... I would have been wrong if I had predicted what 10 months looked like when I last was on your call. Sure. Me too. Everyone would have, but yeah. So I actually, I might have to re-listen to it to see if I predicted anything on that show. Um, But (laughs) rewind the tapes. Um, the, The prediction I have is the element of education is going to be different than we saw it before. Last year, I spent a lot of time teaching people about the basics and the nuances of digital assets, what the stimulus money really meant to them, what the burdens were with fiat money, especially in the time of COVID that made digital assets make sense, what the having meant, and going from there. So I feel like no one listened (laughs) because I was doing all of that all of 2020. And we only, you know, we only did what we did, which was still a, in what our opinion was a, a vertical growth for January to December for us, but then it went parabolic. And that to me, I think is going to advance the criticism people are going to be understanding. And we're teaching people, it's kind of like teaching AP class. Like you could have been in algebra, but now you're in AP, like AP trigonometry. <laughs> like you got to learn risk management way more now because the money that you're making is a lot more. The volatility is significant. The entry costs are pretty sizable. Um, You know, getting to be savvy and understanding the impact of these announcements and learning about what does MasterCard really provide? Like what does Visa network adopting crypto welcome? Is this is this going to change the way we're going to get access? Is this going to change the cost of payment, like um, payment processors? Like, that's an enormous business. That's a very different business if we're changing up the payment processor flow. I don't think that's what we're doing. But um, so I, I think it's just going to be kind of double time the education. And unfortunately, we need to remind people where to go and or how, to, how to get information to it because these are all brand new folks into the crypto scene or they're folks that were in crypto and were sick of the way that they were being treated, looking for new ways of accessing it. And therefore they're some of the best teachers we've got. They've been around the sun a couple of times and they're ready to continue uh, you know, helping and getting this message made, making sense for people, helping people understand it. 
we've had amazing success with, we were on, we're on our second time now doing a trading competition with HBCU colleges and universities. And it's awesome. A lot of them graduated in December and are like, I'm looking for a job. And I was like, what are your skills? And they're like, well, I know your platform. I've done this. I'm like, yes, you are actually like, you're equipped. You've studied, you're good. You understand it. You've got this. And I think that's what it's really going to be taking is people applying not only crypto to understanding, it's going to be cocktail conversation now. That's a no brainer, which it probably wasn't, but we also didn't have cocktail parties. I was going to imagine cocktails. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're in Florida. Florida's been open since, since 20 Yeah, but you got to stay away from us Floridians. <laughs> We're, that's not, not, not you know, that's a different conversation. Okay. <laughs> but there, there's going to be this normalization, but also you got to, you got to provide the teachings of it. You've got to provide the education of it. You got to be able to deliver the AP classwork for people to be able to then make crypto part of their careers, crypto part of their lives. I'm seeing people change their careers based on the fact of their crypto holdings right now. That's crazy. <laughs> like, do you know how freeing that is? Do you oh, know how awesome it is for them rich. to be like, I loved being an accountant, but no, not anymore. I'm going to go work on Chainlink. Like, you know. <laughs> as long as they go work on something and don't think that they're going to retire and have to come back in, in a year, like the 2017 uh, buy a car, have the car repo three months later vibe. Yeah, maybe there's a positive for crypto, like for COVID not letting us be as um, extravagant with our spendings yeah. in, in this time. Maybe there's a nice little humility that we've all learned. Uh, sure. People don't really care about your car. You still have to wear a mask in it kind of thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. But so, so maybe, I mean, A, in 10 months, I hope the world is a little bit more humble. I hope we understand that like, Everyone can be affected by something extremely powerful for good, for bad, but that's awesome. We've all been negatively affected by COVID and we could all be possibly positively affected by digital assets. Universal trends are going to be continuing to happen. And I think it can be supported as long as we continue to teach people the right tools, give them the tools and make sure that we're not letting bad behaviors or social changes be suffocated by ignoring them or uh, just thinking that they'll go away because they won't. And I think that's one of the best parts about the birth of the internet and the growth of where we're headed is voices and changes are making action that takes place. We've seen it in Bitcoin. It's going to happen elsewhere. But it's still going to happen big time in Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yes. I can't wait to see what this year has. And I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to hear that it's been such an incredible ride already, just even over the last month. It's been great okay. hope. It, it, it's been amazing, but it's still pretty ridiculous that I've not met 80% of my team in person. Sure. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I, same, same with even the people I work with. Yeah. It's yeah. really nuts. Like it's pretty, it's, it's normal on Twitter. Like I never expect to meet anyone on Twitter in person. Um, of course. Just because they're, they're my Twitter. But people. if they work for you. But well, if they, if they work for me and, and they help me out every day and I talk to them for, you know, 23 hours a day, I'd like to, I'd like to meet to know them. And, uh, I think that is going to be a huge added benefit when we do get to meet each other, when we do get to, you know, connect on a level that's not zoom. Um, and I'm pretty pumped for, pretty pumped for that to be opening up in, uh, in due time. Me, me too. I think that's a great way to, to finish it. So where can everybody uh, follow you and obviously be one of the uh, new people signing up to your platform in droves? <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely search for referral codes because we've got some really cool people that have uh, been already old school Binanceans and would love to teach you more about it and uh, yeah. help them earn crypto and help you earn crypto as well. Um, you can uh, check us out at Binance US on Twitter at Binance underscore US on Instagram. I'm always at Crypto Coley wherever I am, except on Clubhouse. I'm now at Catherine Coley. They wouldn't it's let me freaking do that. You out. Yeah. yeah, they wouldn't let me do at Crypto Coley. And I was like, who has it? Who's trying to be me? Watch out for the scammers. Go Definitely be careful of that. Um, but I'm, I'm, loving, uh, I'm loving learning more through these new mediums of communication that we're adopting. Um, so look out for, look out for where, where, uh, where I should be next. Tell me, teach me. I'm absolutely a student of these markets, fascinated by everything that's going on. 
Um, and sign up at Binance.us if you want to save 14 times the uh, fees that you've been paying right now. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you came back for a second time. And the next time is going to have to be within a year. We'll have to do it in like six months hey. this time. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll shorten things like it's a finance minutes. minutes. It's a finance, finance minutes. minutes. I'll talk to you. I'll minutes. talk to you in a quarter and we'll see where we're I was going to say, we might have to do this in like two weeks if it's Ooh. finance minutes. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to get off this phone so I can start helping more people on board. <laughs> get to work. I'm sorry for keeping you so long. Thank you once again so much. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Stop.